You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. If you're a good hiker and you're like, oh man, 13 miles, it's kind of like a long day. And a lot of people will kind of just go, okay, I'm not going to push my limit hiking, I feel like. Whereas a lot of the ultra runners, that's what they're there to do. You'd be surprised what your body can do, you know, if you nourish, pace, and hydrate adequately. That was Sean Runbum Blanton, ultra runner, hiker, and owner of Runbum Tours, and I'm Misty Ridley Little. Florida Trail through hiking season is only four months away, and I can't believe that, y'all. <laughs> if you're planning a through hike for 2020, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know where your hiking journal is online or your Instagram handle so that I can add you to the list of hikers to follow for the upcoming season. I'm trying to square away guests for the remainder of 2019, and I have some great folks potentially lined up, so stay tuned throughout the podcast season. I'm also planning to work on creating podcast stickers in the next few months, so keep an eye slash ear out for announcements on that. For today's episode, we detour slightly into the world of ultra running with my guest Sean Blanton. Sean caught the running bug as a teen, and it evolved into ultra marathon trail running, and eventually to creating his own company that creates and produces events focused primarily in the southeastern United States, but also in other locales throughout the U.S. Sean reached out to me because of his upcoming Wild Florida 120 Ultra Marathon, which begins on January 31st, 2020. In the episode, we talk not only about the race, but some of the ways that runners using our trails throughout the country can be instrumental in working with the hiking community in creating and maintaining our trails and bridging some of those gaps that may be perceived between the hiker-runner divide. Another note, this episode has several instances of curse words, so if you listen with kids around, you might want to say this one for another time or just pop some earbuds in. You can find the show notes for the episode at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com and find the podcast on Instagram at orangeblazepodcast. And drop me an email at orangeblazepodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to be on the podcast or recommend someone else to come on the show. All right, on to the episode. So, um, I guess, what are you doing out in Utah? Uh, so, I'm actually putting on the, so I'm a, first of all, I'm a trail race director for trail running. And all my other races are within like a six, seven hour drive of where I'm born and raised, still basically live in Atlanta. Uh, this is kind of like, uh, what the hell are you doing in Utah? Uh, I put on a hundred mile race out here. It is the highest race out in the, um, in America outside Colorado. So, uh, right now I'm hanging out at 9,000 feet in the Sal mountains. Uh, oh, okay. look, looking down on Moab Canyonlands and Arches National Parks and uh, Bears Ears. Uh, I'm watching a little fire burn in Bears Ears right now. So, Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So maybe with that, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit and how you came to trail racing and uh, yeah, all of that good stuff. So my name is Sean Blaine. Everyone calls me Run Bum. I guess you would say that's my trail name, but uh, it was a, a nickname well before that. And uh, I am an ultra marathon runner, currently an injured piece of shit, uh, not running too much, <laughs> but uh, I am a race director as well. I've run over 150 ultra marathons myself. I'm 33 years old. Uh, I probably run ultra distance, which is not an official race, but anything, you know, longer than a marathon, another hundred plus times besides that. I do a shit ton of trail maintenance all across uh, America, uh, including Hawaii here in Utah, 
uh, Florida now, uh, Georgia, Virginia, North Carolina, you name it. And uh, yeah, I put on trail running races. That is my job. That is my living. I have 11 going on 12 races now, uh, predominantly within a six hour drive of Atlanta. And of course, I have the one now going on two outliers, one here high above Moab, Utah in the LaSalle Mountains, which is the second highest mountain range in Utah, which is pretty rad. Uh, and right now that's where I am looking out on uh, Canyonlands and Arches National Park. Wow. So did you start running as a teenager doing cross country, that sort of thing? Or was it something you came into later? So I, I played soccer my whole life. I still play. I'm actually going to go play a pickup game here in Moab later tonight. Um, you know, it's, it's a balmy 101 degrees with 6% humidity. <laughs> um, so as you can imagine, we play after the sun goes down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I played soccer my whole life and just used to always, I remember playing high school soccer and we just look at like cross country kids like, man, y'all are, y'all are freaking idiots. Like, why the hell would you run, you know, for no reason? Like we're chasing a ball. This is fun. So kind of had like that ego to it. We're like, look at these idiots with their short shorts and you know, all these scrawny dudes, you know, and uh, later in life, you know, I'm 33 and about 13 years ago, I kind of started running the only running i ever did was for punishment and to get in shape for my sports yeah and uh so we in atlanta we have the world's largest 10k road race which is uh the Peachtree road race and um yeah we uh my mom used to run it every year growing up and uh one year she was injured and she said hey uh you want to run on my number and i said uh you know, um, why not? You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And so I kind of ended up, uh, you know, it's always the 4th of July, which is uh, kind of comical to have this massive 65,000 person road race, which is really just like kind of a shit show. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's two extremes where in the sense of like, man, it's so awesome. You have all these people who never exercise, who are getting out there, like, the one day of the year we're going to get out there and exercise. And at the other, on the other side of that, well, it's like, yeah, it's July 4th in Atlanta, you know, yeah. it's be a heat index of, you know, a hundred plus degrees and people are dropping like flies. So uh, it, it's a, and the energy there is unparalleled. So, you know, there I was, I started this, I didn't even know what I was doing. I had these big boat shoes on, like, actually I take it back. I had like indoor soccer shoes that I ran in. Oh my. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Like kind of took off. had no idea how to pace again with that ego. just kind of like, I'm going to beat everybody, you know? And of course I started in like time group, like triple Z, like in the back. And you know, there's all these people who are like overweight, out of shape and they're like walking, they've got their headbands on. And I'm like, zigzagging in and out of these people and i'm thinking like man get the hell out of my way like i thought this was a run and so you know <laughs> i ended up finishing i don't even remember it was like i want to say it was like 42 minutes or something like that which is a pretty damn good time for somebody who doesn't run uh and my mom asked me when i got back she was like well how'd you do and i was like ah you know it was all right but all these people slowed me down and uh you know i could have gone way faster and uh, and she was like, well, next year you should qualify for the Peachtree and run some 5K, 10Ks, and that way you don't have to start back there. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do that. So I kind of started running 
for all the wrong reasons, just like, <laughs> you know, well, screw this. Like I'm going to do better. And like, I'm going to beat these people. And, uh, you know, and, uh, very quickly that, that changed. Um, so, uh, I actually, uh, tra- I've traveled since I was like uh, 17. I've blown all my money on traveling, uh, and still continue to do that. <laughs> but, uh, I had an upcoming trip to, uh, to New Zealand and I saw, I was like, man, I, just couldn't get any faster um, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I wasn't training properly uh, at five K's or 10 K's. And so I decided I was in New Zealand. I would look for a race and I found this thing called the Kepler challenge. And they had a 64 kilometer uh, mountain race, which was like a big loop on in, in New Zealand. They have these things called tracks, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, so it's like a, it's, you know, national paths, if you will. And they're, they're like scenic and stuff, obviously. Um, and so they had a 64 K and a 27 K and I'm like, ah, I don't really do kilometers, but 64 sounds like a long way. So let's, uh, you know, let's do the 27 K. So fast forward, I get all the way down there. I've never run on a trail in my life. Okay. <laughs> I, I had never run on a trail in my life and I, I get down there and I'm on the South Island, New Zealand, you know, literally on the other side of the world. I know nobody I'm by myself, you know, I'm staying at hostels. I'm bumming it. And it was right when the stock market dropped out. So like I yeah. went from like, I'm going to have to hitchhike everywhere. And all of a sudden I was rich overnight. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, it was funny. So I get down there and I'm at this starting line. They got an announcer and the guy's like getting us all hyped up. So of course an outback run about three miles flat. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have this massive, like three or 4,000 foot climb and you turn around and come back. And I'll never forget when we got to the base of that climb, everyone started walking. And I, and again, with that ego in my mind, I'm like, oh, y'all are just like, y'all are, you know, a bunch of pussies, you know, like whatever. And I'm going to keep running. I've never run up a mountain in my life. <laughs> you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I ended up uh, getting up there and I'll never forget as I, you know, I, I eventually was forced to walk. Right. I mean, you're not going to run up a three, 4,000 foot climb. If you've never even run up a hill before. Yeah. Um, so I was forced to walk and, I, and I'll never forget. It was that defining moment in running and in my life. Uh, I popped up above the tree line, which is, you know, 3000 feet probably. <laughs> um, and I popped out above the tree line. I turned around, looked behind me. And it was like, I had just stepped into like the Lord of the Rings, which is, you know, again, where they film that, but yeah. And I, I'll never forget. I stopped for 30 seconds and it was like tears basically came to my eyes. And I was like, I have got to do more of this. And that was very short lived because as soon as I hit the turnaround at the top, I turned to go back down. It was one, two, three steps and everything seized up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a whole lot of just like dragging my foot, looking like, you know, the hunchback of Notre Dame and uh, barely making it back to the finish line. But, uh, you know, it was a defining moment for sure, because uh, when I got back to the start or to the finish, you know, they had this, uh, you know, Kiwi announcer and he was like, Sean Blanton all the way from and he totally like botched atlanta he's like <laughs> atlanta georgia yeah and i was just like <laughs> yeah like hand in the air it's like you know and i think i was like 17th place out of you know like 500 people which again, oh, wow. yeah you know for somebody who's never done anything like that before i was i was pretty stoked so i got done with that i was crippled for a week and as soon as i got back to my hostel i signed up for all these 
road marathons and ultra marathons. And I just like, from there, I just couldn't get enough. And and I just fell in love with trail running. And then that the rest is kind of history. So how did, how did you decide to start your own running tour company then instead of just being the runner? Was it because you had this itch to travel and probably because you wanted to work for yourself and do things on your own? Yeah. So it's fun. So my job, I like the whole run bum name, uh, the tours is kind of like that was made because I had to start another company. It really, it's, it's run bum. Um, and I wanted to initially take people, I wanted to change people's lives for the better, the way that trail running and ultra running changed my life. And, uh, you know, that was why I started my, my company and that, quickly grew into like oh let's put on a race and um basically the first race i ever put on was is this race and now it's my quote-unquote most famous or most well-known race it's called the georgia death race and so it's a uh, 74 ish we always say ish and kind of mess <laughs> with people um point-to-point race in north georgia and we actually finish at Amicola falls state park so we crisscross over the at like a couple times and as you know Springer Mountain, we go right by there. Uh, we don't get on the AT or anything. Um, but we finish at Amicola Falls State Park. And, you know, the, I decided to put that race on because I was like, you know what, I'm really tired. And I'm sure you can relate a little bit. And this will come back into the Florida Trail in a minute, I'm sure. Is that people out West are just so sh- certain and sure that there is nothing worth hiking or running on the East Coast. Like, my whole goal was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to put on a really hard event that's going to break people off and it's going to showcase these trails and these mountains that I've come to know and love in North Georgia. And so it, it started off with, okay, we're going to call this race park to park because you go from Vogel state park to Amicola. But like, that is such a lame name. <laughs> <laughs> like who wants to go run park to park? It's like Georgia death race. Hell yeah. Sign me up for that. Yeah. So we start off with that. And let me tell you, Missy, everything that could have gone wrong at that race went wrong. And I'll equate it like this. If you've never organized an event before, start off with like a 5k instead of like a 70 mile point to point race with no cell service, (laughs) everything went awry on that. Like we had like one aid station. I showed up and the people that said that they were going to be there weren't there. Mm. Then my co-race director had to run it. People from, uh, uh, they were part of one of the local hiking, uh, groups, which I won't mention by name, uh, went and removed a couple miles of our flagging on their trail. And so it was just like, oh, God, man, it was just it was chaotic. But, you know, we fixed everything behind the scenes and no one got lost. Everyone had food and water the whole time. And it actually ended up being like a pretty big success. And now that rate, that event is so big. Like uh, a month ago, we put it a lottery up. We opened the lottery for 10, 12 days and we'll have twelve hundred people sign up for the lottery for like two hundred and fifty spots. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. So you had some trouble or growing pains, I guess you should say at the beginning. And how many races do you put on a year now? So now I do 11 and, you know, and that is including the new race in Florida called the wild Florida 120, 120 miler. 
Uh, and I'm doing a completely for charity uh, event in Maui. I spend a lot of time in Maui. So that'll make uh, number 12. Oh, wow. So I'm guessing, obviously, you're not just the only person running this. How many people do you have in helping you in the company? So, you know, we're super grassroots. So like, I actually don't do any sponsors for any of my races. The only quote unquote sponsorships we have are like craft beer, local craft beer companies, and they just provide free beer at the event. Um, I've got one lady who works part time and another lady who comes and helps me out with uh, with my races. And I've got another guy who kind of volunteers full time as well. So I guess you would say there's like, you know, myself and then three other people. But really, it's it's kind of I do a lot of the logistics and then I have three other people help me out on a part time basis. OK, so then you're probably doing a ton of coordination in the background then to get all these prepared. Oh I work about 120 hours a week and people are always like, oh man, like I want to be a race director. I want to do all this stuff. Race directing has ruined my running. Um, the thing I did before race directing was I refereed adult league sports for about, about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, th that was actually a motivating factor to kind of start doing something different. And when the races took off, I just kind of literally ran with it, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's awesome being you know, 1030 at night on a Wednesday and some asshole is, you know, yelling at you during a kickball tournament that like he thinks the ball was out or not. And it's like, come on, man, like this is for fun. You know, everyone gets beer at the end. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, goodness. People taking things a little too seriously. <laughs> that A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So how many miles if you're if you're working this much, how much are you actually running then? Uh, well, I went from, I was able to kind of do like 50 miles a week to now pretty much like 10. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I will tell you something, whether you run, you hike, you bike, you go walking, whatever, don't stop moving. Uh, when I stopped moving, when I stopped refereeing sports, uh, which I was on my feet six days a week for at least four to five hours a day. Um, so I'd get like, sometimes I would go run. I would go run to referee sports. It'd be like five miles one way. And then I'd run around and I'd run home. And I was in the best shape of my life, drinking the most I've ever drank in my life, <laughs> eating like shit food. Like make, you know, I'd stop at like McDonald's and they'd be like, sir, you can't walk through the drive through. I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's not be, let's not, let's not argue small, small things here. But yeah. And so uh, since I've stopped doing that, like I've started to get all these aches and pains and stuff. And it's hundred percent because everything's getting tighter my, you know, stability muscles aren't there. So yeah. So now it's kind of just, I've been doing a lot of yoga, trying to get back on it. And, you know, for something like this, the U 100 race, it's like, you know, I'll probably end up all of a sudden going from 10 miles a week to, you know, like 60 miles, mountain miles a week, you know, and half of it, I'm carrying a chainsaw up a mountain at 10,000 feet to go saw blow down. So, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a couple components. You mentioned um, trail running myths and stereotypes, uh, such as ultra runners actually being hikers. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, if you, if you kind of alluded to that with New Zealand, everybody climbing up the yes. mountain instead of running. Yes. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you are an in shape hiker, like somebody who is in shape for hiking, you know, not on like a casual stroll or whatever, but if you're in shape for hiking, a lot of times you could beat an ultra runner, <laughs> especially uphill. 
Um, I think ultra running is just like a really catch all phrase and term, but really it's like just a horrible misuse of the, the word running. Um, if you're quote unquote running an ultra marathon, you're going to be hiking a lot of it. And depending on the train, especially if you're going a hundred miles, people are going to be hiking at least 50 miles of it, at least. Right. So it's kind of just uh, like you guys use the term. I'd say when I say you guys, I don't mean anything bad, but I mean, just like I'm putting you into that collective term of like hikers, backpackers, whatever mm-hmm. people want to call it. Um, but we use that term uh, slack packing, right? So yeah. basically lightweight, you know, kind of going, maybe you're not staying the night in the woods, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's basically what ultra running is mixed with a little jogging. Like you'd be really surprised, obviously in, in Florida, you're not going to, uh, to see the benefit of that but you know a place where there's like a mountain or you're going uphill is just hiking up and just a light jog down you'll go like 50 percent quicker hmm. um and i actually find that if i try to hike downhill oh my god it, it hurts my whole body because you're landing heel heel to toe which people used to say was good that's horrible for you you're creating yeah. this shock that goes from your your heel all the way up to the top of your head and uh so I think jogging downhill is actually a little bit better, but I think it's just when people are like, oh man, I ran 50 miles. I, I always, I never say that. I always go, yep, I, I ran walk or walked, <laughs> walked, hiked this, you know, it's like, again, I know people like to just kind of, yeah, I ran this. And it's like, you finished that totally, but my God, were you not running the whole time, you know, <laughs> right. or anywhere close to that. Yeah, I'm an extremely slow runner. So when you were talking about ultra running as including hiking, I was like, well, I could totally be an ultra runner. I don't know if I have the mental capacity to to be doing these overnight, super long run things. But that's that's what made it think that it was totally more doable than, say, steadily running a half marathon or something like that. So I've always said this is something I firmly believe is like, first of all, if you're a good hiker, and you're like, oh man, 13 miles is kind of like a long day. And a lot of people will kind of just go, okay, I'm not going to push my limit hiking, I feel like. Whereas a lot of the ultra runners, that's what they're there to do. Yeah. You'd be surprised what your body can do, you know, if you nourish, mm-hmm. pace, and hydrate adequately. And I, I think, you know, the thing with ultra running that I find very, very interesting is that, you know, if you look at a road runner, Okay. Somebody's like, I do marathons, even half marathons. We all have this stereotype in our heads of like, Oh, this person's going to be skinny and in shape or, you know, whatever male or female. When the reality for like most ultra runners and stuff like that is like, all these people are not like these skinny folks. A lot of them are plus size people. You know, these are the people that are not fast runners, like 80%. So they can't run a fast 5k, but they can run a 30 minute 5k for 12 hours, you know? So yeah. I think the allure is like, if I can't go faster, I'll go longer. And, you know, it ends up being a completely different thing where I think it's way harder in my mind to run, you know, a sub 17 minute 5k for instance, than to go out there and finish a 50 mile race. Now, and I think that's what attracts people to ultra running is, man, it's just like the laid back, you know, people drink beer at our aid stations, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, cool. How long did it take you? Cool. I was two hours later or faster. It doesn't matter. Everyone kind of sticks around 
shoots the shit, hangs out afterwards. It's not like a road race where people go get in their car and just leave. So I think it's more of like a, a smaller community family vibe. Uh, to a lot of these people, it's like, man, I have a family. I have a full-time job. You know, I like going and being in the woods for six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 20 hours, you know, doing crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. No, that definitely, I could, I could get myself into that eventually. I think <laughs> it makes more sense to me than, than doing some of these other faster races where when I know I would never, yeah. you know, not that I ever intend to like win anything, but you know, it's that mental hurdle. For sure. And, and I think like at the end of the day, you know, the way I feel, feel about just trails in, in general is like, man, if you want to walk them, you want to sprint them, you want to like run, walk them, you know, do whatever is going to make you happy at the end of the day. And it's like, whereas Misty may want to hike, you know, Sean may want to run, you know, it's like, that's completely okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause that's your person, like whatever you personally want to do, you know? Right. Um, something else you mentioned was the volunteer experiences in with the trail running community. And that's not something I've personally, I mean, I obviously not entrenched in the community like you are, so I don't necessarily hear about that, but maybe you can share your experience of what you do, um, with your company and, and, and just how that compares to the rest of the trail running community, uh, with their trail maintenance. Yeah, for sure. So ultra running back in like the seventies and eighties kind of started getting a little bit bigger, uh, in the sense of like hundred mile races became a thing. It's like, why hundred miles? Cause it's, you know, three digits, you know, it's like, you know, it's crazy. Right. And so, um, this kind of gave birth to a lot and this was out West. This kind of gave birth to, well, Hey, we need to maintain the trails that we're using. And a lot of those people were ingrained in the, you know, hiking community and stuff back in the day, which I don't care what anybody says, you know, that 60 year old plus generation, those are the people that do the majority of the trail maintenance on the trails in America. You know, they yeah. were the generation that was born uh, with, you know, hey, we're going outdoors, we're building these trails, we're maintaining them. I mean, look at the Florida Trail. I mean, it's so amazing. Like, you look at their website, the FTA website, and just see how many vol like they keep such a like a meticulous record of how many volunteer hours a year get get done on the Florida Trail. You know, and yeah. it's like. 27,000. It's like, holy shit, man. Like, that's amazing. Um, but, you know, these Western races kind of, they require that you do eight hours of trail work, you know, to run their 100 mile race to be a part of it. Because it's not enough to just say, hey, we're going to give you our money. We want you to be part of this. And I've seen, um, and what do I know? I've been into ultra running for 13 years now. And I've seen that people want to help out. They just have no direction. There's no, there's not a lot of leaders um, because there's that miss. There's like a gap between that 60 plus generation and then people of my age and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of the local hiking clubs, you know, they're, it's kind of like skiers and snowboarders, right. Trail runners and, and hikers sometimes, which I'm really trying to, hopefully help change that because it's like we're all using the damn trail like who, who cares what you do as long as you don't negatively impact me and so I, I think you know one of the things I'm trying to do is we have four events out of the 11 right now that require that you do eight hours of volunteer work between volunteering at a trail race or 
doing trail maintenance. I personally lead about 10 random trail maintenance days a year on the courses that we do. Uh, I even go help out, uh, like on the Florida trail, like I even was helping out on other trail work days on sections that we're not using for our race. I, Mm -hmm. I love doing it. It's for me, it's the real life gym. Uh, we get out there. I love using power tools and (laughs) woods, you know, and, and, um, you know, for me, I see it as a give back, like a, a bunch of my races, uh, one specifically in North Carolina and then in North Georgia, uh, you know, on the East coast, at least Southeast, they're, they're decommissioning trails. So about five, six, seven years ago, they went through and they go, okay, we don't have enough resources to know what is out there on our trail system, what roads look like, you know, what, you know, the trails look like, what the condition is, do people use them, etc." So they had volunteers go out there and go look at, you know, tens of thousands of miles of stuff and use this rating process that they had uh, to see what needed help. Like if things were distressed trails or roads, like if, if that person thought that they should be decommissioned, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And when they came back to the forest service, the forest service would then put it out for public scoping. Like, Hey, we're going to decommission this and see if there was any, you know, pushback. Right now mm-hmm. on multiple trails that we use, I raised my hand and was like, Hey dude, we're, we're going to use this for a race. I will maintain it. So there's at least 20 miles of trails that we use with my races that were uh, distressed trails that they were uh, looking at decommissioning. And I can like happily say that because of our events, uh, those trails, which are freaking awesome, are still uh, part of the Forest Service trail system and will continue to be uh, as long as I'm alive. But back to what you're saying is people giving back. And so, uh, you know, when I do these trail maintenance days, like I do just really brief introduction to trail uh, maintenance. It's just kind of like, Hey guys, like this is how water flows along a trail. This is why the, this trail is chopped out. Uh, 90% of the stuff we do is, uh, you know, clearing the trail corridor, which is, you know, for our intentions is arm links wide. And this is how we do it. And I take before and after photos. And, and I think for me, the most rewarding thing about trail maintenance and trail work is that like, you know, we'll typically do an out and back. So you go clear one way. And then when you walk back, you really hits you in the face that this is what I did. Wow. This made a difference, not just for our events or whatever, but for anyone who's going to come and use this, uh, this trail, you know, yeah. from here on. So I, I love it. And like I said, the biggest problem, uh, you know, if you will call it a problem, but the biggest thing in trail running and getting people to come volunteer is not that people don't want to. It's just, there are not clear leaders. And I think the hiking community is not necessarily reaching out to the trail running community to help out. And I, I would put that ball in, you know, it's in our court, but also I'd put that in the hiking community is reach out to like uh, local trail running groups uh, and stuff like that and tell them you're going to have, a trail uh, maintenance day and love to have the help. And, you know, it's, I've learned so much from, you know, seven year old guys who can barely make it down the trail anymore, but can chainsaw the shit out of a tree, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, Oh, this is how you do this, blah, blah, blah. Here's how you build like a, a br- I mean, just really cool stuff. And, and I, I really hope we can preserve, you know, that knowledge from that generation 
moving forward. Yeah, right. So all that kind of brings me to to what you reached out for mostly is the your Wild Florida 120, which is your new race. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Like, where is it going to be? When is it? What is it? All the good details and 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 why you decided on a, a race in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I uh, a gal I see, she is down in Florida, um, Tampa area. And I, I actually go skydiving a good amount down in Z Hills, uh, as we call it, or Zephyr Hills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I, you know, I'm a big person on like, when I go new places, I pick up the Gaia GPS app. I look and I want to go explore new trails where a lot of people are very timid. They're like, is it safe? You know, for me, if you can't tell, I skydive, I paraglide, I travel the world. I'm about adventure. So, um, yeah, I kind of, uh, I used to go to, when I was coming down to Orlando, uh, a bunch, I would go down and run for sunset every time I could in Moss park. And I absolutely loved it. And I was kind of like, huh, like what's this like orange blaze. And I kind of like looked it up. It's like, Oh, Florida trail. Okay. Huh. And you know, I'd heard of the Florida trail before and I had been looking for a place to put on, on like a hundred plus mile race to kind of be like the last thing. And so I started exploring more and more down there. And the first run that I went and, did outside of moss park was down in prairie lakes wma and i did the prairie lakes loop which is essentially like a an infinity loop or hourglass Mm -hmm. and i was by myself and this was like two years ago maybe and i don't know like sometimes like you just have anytime i put put it this way anytime i put on a race somewhere or and i was thinking about doing it and i was kind of on the fence you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm like not really spiritual either, but I love animals. I love wildlife. And I think sometimes things happen for a reason. And that run was definitely one of them. And so I was, I was running and I was coming down the, uh, the white blaze section of Prairie Lakes trail. If you've ever been on it, it's rad, totally go do it. And I'm coming down and I'm already freaked out, you know, cause I haven't really done any like, like really quote unquote more wilderness wild running in Florida. It's only been on like heavily beaten, like croom, uh, uh, you know, uh, we call it holding the fence, yeah. by Tampa. you know, stuff that like you'll see a bunch of people at and it's like, yeah, maybe you'll cross like a river on a bridge. You might see like a gator way off in a distance. Like, Whoa, cool. But I hadn't really gone and done anything like out there, out there. And so I'm kind of freaked out. And immediately when I started, I got turned around a couple of times and I realized, okay, this is less of a trail and more of a route. And that's what made me fall in love with the Florida trail is, you know, a lot of it is so untraveled, unbeaten down, unmolested beauty. Um, And I think a lot of us, especially people hiking, crave that solitude. And as a runner, I actually want that. Uh, You know, it's the same thing. We want the same things. And I'm running down this trail and I'm already freaked out. And it's like, I hear something move. And I'm like, ah, and it's, you know, it's a fucking chipmunk <laughs> or a squirrel. I'm like, ah, ah. And so anyways, I come around this corner and it was like an explosion happened. And it was like right above my head, like four or five feet off to my right, right in this sharp turn. I'm in this, uh, you know, saw palmettos with some big, big trees above me, uh, just some big canopy. 
And all of a sudden, I, I, it, it was so loud, I fell over. Like, that's how much it scared the shit out of me. And I fell over, and I looked up, I was like, oh, my God. And I looked up, and it was a freaking bald eagle that I had scared out of a, out of a tree. <laughs> and it was getting the hell away from me. And this moment happened where I'm laying on my back. The sun rays, the rays of sunshine are permeating the jungle canopy right and as this eagle freaked out and was flying away uh its down feathers were falling like snow through these ray rays of light coming through this jungle canopy and i shit you not i put out my hand and one of the feathers landed in my my hand and i was like oh my God, what does this mean? Do I have like <laughs> two days to live? Do I need to go play the lottery? Do I need to like call my mom and tell her I love her for the last time? You know, what, what, what does this mean? And uh, I, I, anyway, so, I, and that was like at mile two of the run. And so I, I just kept running and it was more and more scenic. And yeah, so that, it just kind of went from there. I was like, I've got to put on a vent down here. And then, you know, over the next two years, I've just been exploring more and more of the Florida trail and kind of have that, uh, you know, I've done most of central Florida. I would say probably about 75, 80% of, uh, between Lake O and, uh, and Rodman, uh, reservoir. Oh, okay. That's a good chunk. All right. Yeah. So, so we're, so you're hiking in three lakes and, or running in three lakes. Is this, is that why, is, was that the best place you thought to do this run or how did you decide uh, to start down that way? Yeah. So like, I don't know, not to sound cheesy as hell, but my art is designing courses. Like, so I'm never just like, oh yeah, cool. This would be a rad run. We'll go from here to here. Like I get out, I do like hundreds of miles checking out areas. And when I find an area that I fall in love with, you know, I, there's probably been a hundred of my courses that have never seen the light of day uh, for one reason or another. And I can't stop designing, but I have to stop saying yes to new events. Because um, it's, you know, 120 hours a week, you know, 11 and a half hours uh, averaging phone time on my iPhone is, is kicking my ass. But I went, you know, I went down there, that three lakes. I was like, that's really cool. Let's explore what else is around here. And then I went over to Bull Creek, fell in love with that. Um, I even sent a friend in uh, like October in hurricane season to go check out Bull Creek. And she started from Levy 73, which is the northern terminus to Bull Creek, which is basically where you start that, start that BS uh, road, road walk. walk. Yeah. Where, where the... Uh, the old Mormon church won't let the Florida trail through uh, all the way to Tosahatchee. Um, but I had her start there and go southbound. And, you know, if you're familiar with that area at all, you kind of come through an area of what's called Crabgrass Creek. Now, mm -hmm. in hurricane season, all that shit is a swamp and is completely underwater. Okay. <laughs> so this is, imagine a girl who's like 95 pounds soaking wet, you know, by herself going out there being like, I would love to help out. She volunteers at my race. I'd love to help out. She lives down there. She got a mile up, turned from ankle deep to knee deep to thigh deep to then all of a sudden there's gators chasing her in the water. <laughs> she freaked out so much. Uh, she yelled at me so hard. Oh my God. And I was like, well, did you take photos? She goes, hell no, I didn't take photos. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so 
anyway so then it was like okay now we've got to wait till things dry out and uh so initially we were going to um i approached forever florida uh and i knew that they you know are a really cool business i guess if you will where it's like a, a conservation uh mixed with you know a for-profit kind of you know show off the state of florida kind of right. thing, if you will which is really rad and uh you know, I approached them and they, they were all about it. So we're like, okay, we'll start and finish our race here. We'll go down to like the Southern end of uh, like three lakes, turn around, come back and then go into Bull Creek. And then, and, and the reason we, we decided to do that is because there's natural barriers, um, you know, for running a race, which are highways <laughs> and, yeah. and paved roads, which obviously, uh, you know, Jim Kern and stuff always talks about, you know, the missing links and connecting that. And, uh, I'm actually working on a sidebar uh, because of this race. Now we're working on trying to get a three and a half mile road section on highway 441 between uh, three lakes North and forever Florida onto an uh, conservation easement. Um, so hopefully that will happen. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 Cause I, I'm, I nerd out on maps. So like I'll look at something and I'm like, Oh, why can't we do this? Or what about this old road bed? So, I kind of pointed that out uh, to the FTA and they're like, Oh, maybe we can do that. So hopefully it'll happen. Uh, yeah, that maybe. would be great. That would be great. So eventually I had this crazy idea in my mind. I was like, well, what if, uh, what if we started even further South? And then, you know, when you hit, what is it like uh 60, mm -hmm. 60 uh, where you cross from uh, Kisso uh, to three lakes, I think it's 60. Yeah. It's 60. Um, you know, I do not want our quote unquote runners, uh, which we've talked about are more like walkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want them on the side of a, like a, a two lane highway where people are going 90 miles an hour. Like that just sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah. And so I ended up, uh, was like, okay, I had this thought in my mind. Well, how about this? They'll get to like the Kisso trailhead and then we'll shuttle them over seven or eight miles down the road to three lakes and they'll pick up from there and just continue running. I'm like, what a kooky wacky thing <laughs> to happen during the middle of the race. I, I would love that. Uh, and so we decided to start the race. So now the race starts at Miko landing trailhead. And if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, this guy's silly screw running, like what a jackass. Uh, if you hear nothing else uh, and you live somewhere, central Southern Florida, uh, the coolest section to me of the entire uh, Florida trail in that area is Miko Landing to, I think it's called Oak Creek Trailhead. Uh, that is at least the first eight or nine miles of that is freaking awesome. Uh, you go through, I think it's called Cathedral South. Um, mm -hmm. it, it is so beautiful. Oh my God. Just like the palms and I, I mean the oak hammocks. I mean, it's just, it's you're on another, you're in another world. So, um, so yeah, so we start through there and then we run up, we, the whole course basically goes from Miko landing trailhead northbound on the entirely on the Florida trail minus our shuttle, um, <laughs> so trailhead to three lakes South all the way to that levee 73 on the Northern end of bull Creek. Uh, so I don't put up any markings on that. It's just follow the blazes, man. Uh, and we go through Kissimmee Prairie Preserve. Uh, and the way I have it designed is people, we started on a Friday, which is Friday, January 31st. I think we said 42 hours is the, 
the final cutoff time for the whole event. And when I designed it, as you know, Kissimmee Prairie uh, Park State Park Preserve is uh, is actually a, a dark sky designated park. Mm-hmm. So it means there's such little light pollution that you know I've been out there for stargazing at night, and it is it's silly beautiful. The Milky Way is right there. So I've designed it where people will get an epic sunset somewhere in the Kissimmee Prairie area, and then they're going to get all the stars and stuff out there as well. And the day will break on you somewhere between that Kisso WMA trailhead and somewhere in Three Lakes South. Wow. Um, so I kind of designed the times and the route so you see certain things at certain times, if that makes sense. Yes. No, definitely makes sense. No, that sounds like an excellent uh, section of trail, like one of the highlights of that Central Florida section. And uh, having the shuttle is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, a couple things. So you mentioned something about not having cups and prepackaged food. How does all of, I guess, the, that kind of logistics work? Oh, yeah. So, you know, one thing is like, I think, and, and again, I, I'm here and I'm thanks again for having me on because, you know, one of the things I really wanted to do is address like the bad stereotypes of like runners versus hikers. Because, I mean, I would say as a whole, the stereotypes is that people hiking uh, care more for the environment than than you know normal people right because they're out there using it trail runners are the same way like you see a road marathon people are getting all these like cups and stuff and just throwing this crap everywhere we don't have any cups we make people carry like a personalized like little rubber uh cup and they also have to have bottles and stuff with them as well and so at our at our aid stations like you can get coke water whatever but we don't give you stuff to become trash. We don't give you prepackaged foods. Like I'm not giving you bars or anything. Actually, it's quite the opposite. Most of the time we're like cooking up bacon, like I'll have pizza ovens at some of the aid stations. There's always beer and whiskey, you know, like, uh, so my whole thing is trying to leave as minimal impact as possible. And most of my races, Wild Florida included, is I give people a hundred dollar cash prize for whoever collects the most trash during the race and oh, i've wow. had i've had people bring in like old tires like a 2000 foot climb up a mountain oh dang yeah yeah so like trust me we go above and beyond and not only that i'm out there doing trail work before the race and it's kind of like oh fta or local maintainers didn't get to this guess what sean bland is out there with a hedger with whoppers you know with a chainsaw doing whatever he needs to do to make sure that the trail is clear before the event So, yeah, and that's that's actually what I've been doing out here in Utah. Yesterday, uh, we cleared 60 blowdowns in three miles. Oh, wow. uh, All above 10,000 feet. I've never seen anything like that. Where Florida grows year-round, out here in Utah, they get avalanches that just destroy the trail. (laughs) So, you had mentioned maybe planning for your own Florida Trail FKT? Is that something you're still thinking of? A hundred percent. I, you know, FKT aside, whatever, I I think what I'm doing is a hundred percent different. I absolutely, people hate me for this, but I absolutely hate camping. I I, I really do. I have a a really screwed up shoulder. I have an AC separation and I sleep on my side. So unless I'm in like a, a, like have a true mattress, I, I just don't sleep very well. And so I just, I've never been in a camping. I love being outside, drinking beers by the fire, but 
at the end of the day, I got to be on a mattress. So what I will be doing is not what Jupiter hikes and these guys are doing like semi self-supported runs where you're carrying your gear and, you know, mailing yourself stuff. I'll have people like supporting me. So it's kind of like, like I said, you know, people say hike your own hike, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing. And I just want to see the whole thing. And, and I don't, because of my job, I don't have, I don't have 30, 40 days. Like I've got like 20 days yeah. <laughs> to kind of between, between events. And, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd really like to do this in, you know, 20 days or, or, or less. And I, and I think where that comes into to play is, you know, you've got to be jogging like, a, you know, road sections and you've got yeah. to have, you've got to have a crew helping you out. And it's like, what I'm doing is nothing like what all these incredible people have done, you know, through hiking this. But ultimately, my goal is to see the whole trail. Like, I'm absolutely in love with it. I People ask me all the time, like, what, what are your favorite places to run in the world or what's your favorite race? And races, I don't really have a, have a favorite race. You know, I kind of do races like once and it's like, oh, I've done that. I enjoy it. Um, but you know, my three favorite places to run anywhere in the world right now. And this is like, you know, as somebody who goes to the Alps every summer, um, run all over British Columbia, Canadian Rockies, Colorado, Utah, uh, California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, you know, every Island. Um, you know, I, I've, uh, my favorite places right now are central Pennsylvania, central Florida and the mountains that I'm in right now, the LaSalle mountains in, in high above Moab, Utah. Wow. You know, I, I don't think most people would put Pennsylvania on that list, but I, <laughs> I can see where the beauty comes in there. It's a, it's a great area to, to, to explore, but um, the other two areas that I definitely know, obviously Florida for sure, but I've heard a lot of good things about the LaSalle's. Yes. Yeah. I think central Pennsylvania is like a weird spot. Cause I think, PA, like most people know it from through hiking the AT and they fucking hate it because yeah. of all the rocks. <laughs> and I love running through technical stuff and they have some, you know, Pennsylvania has more, I think it's more state parks uh, than any other state in the country. I think uh, one of the senators back in the day was like, I want to make it accessible. So every Pennsylvania has a state park within a 30 minute drive of them. And he did that. <laughs> Wow. Well, are you going to be doing the FKT before or after this uh, Wild oh, Florida? After. after. Okay. I figured it would be, but. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. After. So sometime February or March. And, uh, you know, my biggest thing is, you know, another thing with the event we're putting on, we're not closing down the trails. If anybody's through hiking, we don't take up any camping spots, uh, especially in Forever Florida. I take up the if there's a, uh, an old airport there and, uh, some bunk houses, we rent that out, but I highly welcome people. And if I've given people who are running our aid stations, um, the instructions that, you know, if somebody's through hiking, you give them some damn bacon and a beer and fill them up with water and send them on their way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm just really excited to go see more of the trail. You know, I was trying to do Juniper Prairie Wilderness, uh, yeah. back in February but it was closed with bear activity. Now yeah. that doesn't bother me and I'm not camping, but also I try to obey for service uh, signage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you do do the FKT, I think you're going to end up falling in love with North Florida. It is, yeah. it's a little gym that people don't think about and it's a gorgeous area. 
So what, okay. So I've done maybe 15 miles, like on the panhandle, like a little bit, uh, with another event that was actually put on. This was like years ago. And I want to mm-hmm. say it was actually where it splits to go north towards Alabama and then splits to go down to Gulf Islands. I had done an event that was on that. And I was really, it was like the change of scenery was incredible, you know, compared to central Florida. Now you're kind of like in people's farms, you know, and not, and not cattle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, now, I'll tell you one thing. I got, I got to share this. So what really made me fall even more in love with the Florida trail was like back in February or no, it was March. Excuse me. Uh, I had a buddy crew me and I did about 150 miles of the trail uh, not con- like not continuously linked, um, but random spots. And we did that 150 miles. And it was like, like four days, five days or something like that. And I went, I did from Miko landing to Kissimmee Prairie, which was like 30 miles. That was awesome. Uh, then I did Tosahatchee. Uh, I did a big day where I did Tosahatchee up to, um, I guess, uh, through a uh, little big econ. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love Tosahatchee, Seminole Ranch, um, Charles Bronson, the Chuliota, or however you say that. Well, yeah. God, that is so freaking amazing. And in four or five days, like 150 miles, I saw four people. Yeah. Four yep. people. Baffling. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say about even though you may be overlapping with thru-hiker time, I think some of those thru-hikers will probably appreciate – just seeing other faces and have, especially people who are used to social trails and coming on the Florida trail and you don't see anybody. So I think they're going to appreciate seeing you guys a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I think like, you know, as far as like, uh, through hikes and through running or whatever, it's very hard on something like that where like, you know, I read somebody's blog and it was like, you know, when they were doing like an FKT, I can't remember if it was Jupiter or like, um, or, that guy, Dan, or Dan. whatever his name mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, I didn't see anyone for the first 800 miles. And it's like, <laughs> you really have to prepare yourself mentally because I'm a very social person. And I'm always on my phone, always talking to somebody to literally just like go within yourself. And I, and I think that's what is so uh, alluring to me about the Florida Trail is like, man, no distractions. Like, it's just you and the trail. And you start at Big Cypress and you go through a lot of crazy things, so many different environments. There's so many different things being thrown at you from the elements, uh, you know, to navigating to all this stuff like that. And it's just what a crazy adventure that you're doing, you know, pretty much, you know, on your own. Yeah. Well, I think I could probably talk to you for a lot longer, but I'm sure you have yeah. your own things to do. Um, where can people, is are there any spots available online still for this run or where could people find out more information about it? Nope. Like all my races, it sold out. So <laughs> we sold, yeah, we sold the event out and, uh, run bum is on Facebook. Uh, runbumtours.com is my website. I am a huge jackass. Uh, when it comes down to it, I obviously I cuss like a sailor, but we have a good time. We mean well. So, if you guys have any questions about the event or you want to can't come hang out and volunteer, um, you know, and just kind of see what all this is about. Uh, we'd love to have you. Um, like I said, I, 
I see myself as somebody who is stepping up in that leadership role, even at just 33, to get trail runners into more uh, trail work and also hopefully bridge that gap between hikers and runners. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. And I hope that the run is a success. And I hope that, yeah, you are able to bridge that gap a little bit. And hopefully this is, you know, a yearly occurrence. Is that what you're hoping for? I don't put on any event just for a one of, you know, because it costs so much money and takes so much time. This will happen every year that last, uh, I think we're doing like the last Friday in January kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, if they don't get it this year, hopefully they can uh, sign up next year if they uh, watch it and they are intrigued enough to, to join. Absolutely. And thank you for everything you do. I've had a blast listening to your, your podcast, especially with, uh, with Jupiter hikes and with Jim and then with uh, Sandra. I, that was just, I don't know, to me, it, 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 I don't know. It's so cool. I nerd out on the Florida trail. So this is a great thing. <laughs> good, good. Well, I hope to have more good content in the future. And I'd also like to get more of, like you said, the older folks that have the trail stories. I want to get more of those people in. So hopefully I can reel them in. Yep. And hopefully we live long enough that one day we're those people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, have fun in the LaSalle's and uh, I'll be following you online. Sounds good. I'm going to go look for mountain goats. I'll talk to you later. Guys. All right. Bye.